Well, good morning. Um, I have to let you know that I really don't like preaching. Um, it's okay to laugh. That's okay. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you why, and it has nothing to do with me standing up here, I promise. What it has to do with is when I preach, any time that I leave the house, I always mess something up. Like I forget to feed the dogs, or in the case of today, I took both sets of keys to the car with me. Um, you know, so my wife um, came in late, which I'm sure everyone noticed, right? Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but I don't know who it was that got them here this morning, but thank you. Okay? It wasn't me, and I wasn't her, so it had to have been one of you. So thank you um, very much for doing that for us. Um, I tell about the same joke every time that I um, get up to preach. Um, and it's, it's more, it's, it's a reminder for me, but it's also to set you guys up for failure. So, the joke goes like this. Um, a preacher got done preaching and um, went to the back where all preachers are supposed to stand, waiting on the congregation to go by. And, and he was touched um, by this, uh, this young man um, who came up to him. And, and he says, you know, when I get older, I want to give you money. And the preacher said, well, that, that is sweet. I, I really appreciate that. I, but why? I, why would you think that I need your money? You know, I, but I appreciate it. And he said, well, because my daddy said, you are the poorest preacher we have ever had. <laughs> so I'm the stand-in, um, and uh, I am not the regular guy, uh, and that is a good thing for this church. Amen? We love Gary. He does a fantastic job. Um, and I have big shoes to fill today. So in high school, um, I used to do this thing, and it's silly now. Um, and, uh, but man, I thought it was really hilarious. I would trip on purpose. And um, <clears throat> I know it sounds, it sounds goofy, but it's one of those goofy high school things. And so like, as I, we had three floors to my high school. Three floors. And so as I, w- I went upstairs every day, multiple times a day, and so as I would go upstairs, I would on purpose clip a step and stumble just to, ca- just to make everybody laugh and giggle and be like, oh my goodness, that guy tripped and fell. Oh, you know? And then it spilled over into other areas of life. I would do it at work. <laughs> um, this is terrible. I know, isn't it? I mean, just fire the guy, right? But I was good enough at it. People thought I was doing it not on purpose, you know? And so, um, and so then the other day, not very long ago, I stumbled on a video of the person that they call the falling on purpose queen. Needless to say, I clicked that link, <laughs> you know? And this girl, um, wow. She falls, and every time, and she does it on purpose, and it is spectacular. I mean, I mean, people, I, I, in the video, people, like, exclaim and use, like, profane language, because they're like, whoa, you know? She goes down, and it's like all arms and legs and craziness, and, um, and I got to laughing at this video, and I started laughing so hard because I've done this, and I think it's funny personally, you know. I mean, you guys probably wouldn't, but I, <clears throat> I thought it was funny, and I got to laughing so hard. In, you know, this was like in my office, you know, and I'm laughing so hard 
that I get out of breath. You know, I can't breathe. I'm crying, you know, wiping away tears. And I'm just, I am dying watching this girl trip on purpose. And that got me thinking then about, you know, about times when I've lost my breath, not on purpose. Has that ever happened to anybody here? Go, feel free to raise your hand. This is going to be interactive, okay? <clears throat> anybody ever fallen or anything like that and you get the, we call it getting the wind knocked out of you. That's what I've always called it. Anybody? Yeah, you've had that happen. That's good. Okay, so, every, so pretty much everybody knows what I'm talking about. The first time that that happened for me, I grew up playing hockey, and um, so I, I, would play, uh, I would play ice hockey, but then I also played roller hockey, and that meant I had skates. Um, and so I would skate around all over the place. Um, and one time I was skating around, and I saw one of the wheelchair ramps on, on a sidewalk, you know, in front of a shopping center. And I thought, like every boy... I'm going to jump that, <laughs> right? You know, I was a middle school boy. Of course I thought that. And so, so I did. So I gathered up my steam, and I went down, and I jumped this. And what I didn't think about was that my trajectory was going to take my legs right into the path of a parked car. <clears throat> and so I hit this parked car, head over heels, land on my back, and the next thing I know, I'm going, <clears throat> and I can't breathe at all. No breath was coming out. Well, at least I didn't feel like it. Breath was not coming back in, which is what I needed. <laughs> you know, anybody else been in that boat where you need breath, right? Okay, yeah, that's everybody. Um, and so I was just terrified. Have you, you people who have had this happen before, scary, not scary? Scary, right? Now, the next time that it happened, yes, it happened more than once. <laughs> Oh, um, the next time it happened, not as scary, because I knew what was going on. But the first time that I was, I couldn't breathe, was terrifying. It was terrifying, because I knew that breath equaled life, right? I mean, this is a simple fact. We all know it. Breath equals life. And as I got to thinking about this, uh, for some reason, I had, been, I had been listening over and over, and I, I've still been on this kick, of listening to this song called Come Alive by Lauren Daigle. Has anybody heard that song, know what I'm talking about? Beautiful song. And um, we have it here later for, for everyone to listen to. Um, and I wanted you to hear this song, not right now, but in a little bit. But in this song, it talks about, it talks about God breathing on us. And it comes from, from um, Ezekiel chapter 37, the story of dry bones and God breathing on those bones. But I started to look and, and, I, and I found that the, this idea of the breath of life runs throughout the entire, the entirety of Scripture. It's everywhere. If we go to Genesis Chapter 2, in the account of God making the heavens and the earth and then making man. It says this. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 2. Starting in verse... Let me find it. It was going to be here. It's not here. We'll say starting in verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. 
When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Right there from the get-go, we have this, this, this description, this, this, this image of God breathing life into his creation. And then whenever we fast forward or turn the page, um, for me it's just one page over, we get to Genesis chapter 6. In the story of the flood, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. And God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So then he tells Noah to go ahead and to make an ark. And we skip down to verse 17. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth. To destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. So we see that, that God has, has, he has given life through breath to his creation. He, he, he sits and intentionally, he breathes into each and every one of us, this breath of life on Father's Day. It's great that I get to tell you about the day that I became a father. And for you, for you men that were in, um, in the room when your children were born, you probably remember this moment as vividly as you remember any other moment. The moment that your son or your daughter was born. The moment that God breathed life into them and they took their first breath. How many of you gentlemen remember that moment? I remember both of mine just like it was yesterday. Getting to watch the miracle of God breathing life into his creation. So now we go to Exodus chapter 37. Now, if you guys were teenagers, <clears throat> I would warn you that this is a long reading and to stay with me. But y'all are adults, so I don't need to, to warn you of that, right? Your silence is reassuring. Okay. <clears throat> the hand of the Lord was upon me, says Ezekiel. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I say, saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, and the bones were very dry, meaning they had been there for a long time. And he asked me, Son of man, God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know, which is a really fancy way of being like, I don't think so. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> So he's, then he says to me, prophesy to the bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you 
and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you that you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded. And breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. God giving Ezekiel an illustration of the house of Israel by breathing life into the deadest dead. This miracle that we get to experience moment after moment, day after day. When you wake up in the morning and you take your first breath, do we see the miracle that that is? Standing here talking to you takes a lot of breath. I'm sure you guys feel it, right? Ooh, it's a lot of hot air coming out of that guy. But the breath that we have is a miracle from God. I want to skip ahead to Luke chapter 24, uh, Luke chapter 23. It was now about the sixth hour, verse 44, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun had stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last breath. See, the funny thing about breath is that it's at the same time very physical and very real. We also see how spiritual it is. And it's pretty amazing that, that God can give us something that we do over and over and over throughout our day. And we can, we, can, we can do something so much that it just becomes completely, completely mundane. Yet at the same time, he can take something that is completely mundane and he can make it something that gives us life. He can make it something that is a miracle. It's a good God that we serve. That he can take the mundane things in our life and point us towards him. To see him as the sustainer, as the life giver. So, <clears throat> you guys know that I'm a student minister, and I would be remiss if I ever have a lesson that does not have some kind of a game. <laughs> so, here's what I need I need three volunteers. Three vol. Oh, come on. You guys are bad. Who? Right over here. Okay, give me one, two. I need one more. Don't make me come pick you out. Who is it? Where? All right. I'll let you come on up. 
Are you volunteering your son, Matt, or is that for you? Oh, okay. Come on up. Come on up here. Right up here. Right here. All right. You good? Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Let's give Matt a round of applause on Father's Day. All right, so I have for each one of these guys, I have a little glass, so you can hear it, of Skittles. Yes, don't eat them. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. And so this is the game that we're going to play, and it involves breath, and um, so I want um, these guys to play this little game for me. So normally I use M&Ms, but because this is carpet, I just figured that Skittles might be better, because who wants to you know, clean chocolate out of carpet, right? Okay, so I'm going to give each one of you a straw. And now what you are going to do is you're going to use the straw to pick up, an, to pick up a Skittle, okay? Now, how do you think you're going to do that? You're going to have to, yes, vacuum it on the end of the straw. Okay, very good. So here's the game. The game is you're going to start over here. One at a time, you'll go, and we're going to time you. And you're going to try and get as many Skittles as you can from here into that jar on the table. Okay? Got it? All right. Now, I do have a couple tricks up my sleeve for a couple of you. Um, We'll let Matt, I'll let you go first. Okay? Sound good? All right. So if you guys will back up just right right out of the way. There you go. All right. So, Matt, you'll start right there. Now, you all are going to participate because I don't have my cell phone. So, y'all are going to participate by counting down from 15. That's how long we're going to give each one of these guys. Sound good? So, you got 15 seconds, as many Skittles as you can, from there over to there. Now, here's a trick. I'm holding your cup of Skittles. So, you've got to suck one up, take it, and then come back and get another one. I don't want you to do that. Yeah, that would be, well, not really cheating if I tell you not to do it. But now I've told you not to do it, it would be cheating. Okay, so are you guys ready? All right. 15, 14, 13, Thank you for not running in church. Two. Very good. You get to keep your Skittles and the straw. Thank you. Yeah. But I want the cup back. I'm kidding. (laughs) All right. Are you ready to go? All right. So here's what we're going to do. Give me your cup of Skittles. Now, before you get to go, you have to do 15 burpees as fast as you can. Does anybody know what a burpee is? Do you know what a burpee is? He knows what a burpee is. Okay, here's a burpee. Can you show him one burpee real fast? Because if I do it, I'm going to fall. All right. So right here, here's what a burpee is. Okay, a burpee is you jump, go down, do a push-up, come back up, and jump up again. So that's, that would be one, okay? So he's going to do 15 of those as fast as he can. You guys ready? You ready? All right, on your mark, get set, go. One, two, three, four, come on, five, come on, six, come on, come on, seven, come on. Eight, come on, come on, nine, come on, ten, come on, come on, eleven, come on, twelve, faster, let's go, Draven, I got a sermon to give, thirteen, here we go, 
I have 14. Give me, yes, come on, one more. Give me one more. One good one. There we go. Okay. Very good. All right, now come here. Yeah. All right. No rest for the weary. And 15, 14, 13, 14. Give him a round of applause. That's hard. I ask a lot of him. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> I want to unvolunteer, please. All right. You sit down in this chair right here. I'm going to hold this. Now, in 15 seconds, you have to get as many Skittles as you can from here to there. You can't use your hands, okay? And you can only get up one time. You can only get up one time. And you can't use your hands. You ready? You have to use the straw. Can't use your hands. You can only get up one time. Ready? Okay. Whatever your idea is, it's fine. 15, 14, nope, no. (laughs) You said I could only get up once. All right, thank you. Take your Skittles and get out of here. Thanks. Now... Matt had it easy, didn't he? He still only got two in there, but that's actually pretty good because it's pretty difficult. Draven, what made yours so difficult? You were running out of breath, right? Did a little, did a little exercise. If anybody has, has anybody done burpees in here besides Draven? Yeah? It's a tough workout. doesn't look like much, but I dare you to try it, okay? It's a tough workout. You start jumping, and the first time you jump, and you're way up here, and then the second time, it's like, or, well, the end, and you're just, <laughs> you know, you're barely getting off the ground. It's a tough workout. And so he gets out of breath, and then I ask him to use breath to move Skittles from one place to another. And there's a reason that there's two Skittles over here on the ground and not in the cup, because it's very difficult when you're out of breath to hit your target in that game. And then I have Trevis, who has to figure out a way to go from sitting, not being able to use his hands, and get in one movement, skittles as many as he can from here to here. Fathers, I'm going to come to you as a father. I think this is very representative of us in general. We usually fall into one of two categories. We're either the kind of guy that goes and 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 never takes a breath. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you are like that? You have the problem telling someone, no, I can't. And so you add it. I like it. And so you add another thing to your plate that's already full. Another thing that keeps you from being able to say yes to your family, that keeps you from being able to say yes to your children, that keeps you from being able to say yes to some of the things that maybe are more important. And so you go and you go and you go and you run out of breath. And then when you're asked to do something special, when you're asked to do something significant, you don't have the breath 
to do it. When we don't fall into that camp, guys, if I'm lying, it's fine. Come find me. Tell me I'm a liar. If we don't fall into that camp, we usually fall into the other camp, the Trevis camp, we'll call it. Where we are so... What's the word that I want to use? Comfortable. We've made ourselves so comfortable that we don't want to use our breath when it's asked of us. And maybe we'll make one attempt to do something significant when it's asked of us. And so we sit in our comfort and we watch TV or we do whatever it is that we do to make ourselves comfortable at the expense of our wives and our children. And those are the two camps that we tend to fall into. And the funny thing is, it's not so much the people around us that lose out as much as it's us that loses out. You see, for the father that is busy and goes and goes and goes until he's not able to go anymore, until he wears himself out, the breath of life has been, God has breathed into you. And he has said to you, I want you to stop. I want you to catch your breath. For that father that has the problem saying no to people, learn to say no. This is not going to be a very popular thing for me to say, but quit something. I don't know what it is. It's going to be different for every guy in this room, but quit something. Just stop. Say no to something so that you can say yes to your family. So you can say yes to this family. So you can do something significant in the lives of the people around you. For the father that is, that is at home in his Lazy Boy, which, by the way, I saw that at the Lazy Boy, there's a Father's Day sale. I bet it's their best time of year. This is like Black Friday for them, right? For the father, that, that, that that's who you are. You're home and you're comfortable. I'm going to ask you to get up, to expend a little breath. God has breathed the breath of life into you. And this is the message for everybody here. When God breathes life into you, he doesn't expect it to stop with you. Just like Christ breathes his last, that last breath goes out from him into each and every one of us as a life-giving breath, a saving breath for you and for me. The last breath he breathed was so that you and I can breathe in the freedom of being guiltless and sin-free in the eyes of God. So if you're the dad that's sitting and you're comfortable, use the breath God has given you. Get out of your comfort zone 
get up and do something significant for God in the lives of your family, in the lives of this family. Do something. See, what we normally see in the picture of Jesus is more along the lines of what Matt did, where he uses his breath in a consistent and controlled manner in order to do something significant. That's who we are to be. That's who we're to follow as an example. We are not going so hard that we run out of breath, but we're not complacent. We're not comfortable either. We're having to do something. We're having to use the breath that God gives us. You see, breath equals life. And I'm encouraging you fathers to breathe. Whether that means you slow down and you stop, or whether that means that you actually use your breath and breathe life into other people. Either one of those things. Fathers, I want to encourage you today, on Father's Day, to do one of those things. Slow down and stop. Or get up and breathe life into other people. It's an amazing thing that we get to be a part of this ministry, isn't it? Isn't it amazing that God chooses to use us to do these things? If you need prayers, we're going to have our shepherds um, here around the back of the auditorium. If you need someone to pray um, over you to help you slow down if you're going too fast, if you need someone to pray for you to help you to get out of your comfort zone and do something significant, we'll have our shepherds around the back to help you with that. If there's any other need that you have, please come to the front and we'll do what we can to help you. We'll stand and we'll sing.